0: The Lunch, the Lunch Break, Break, Break Podcast. Podcast. What's going on, everybody? My name is James Bodden, and this is the Lunch Break Podcast, Episode 7. I have my guest, Matt Wanty, on the show. And I am super pumped to have him here. He is somebody who I've connected with on LinkedIn. We align on so many different areas about sales as a profession, cold calling. And Matt has just been a wealth of information for me. And a little bit about Matt, he started out in college, uh, straight out of college in sales, got into the logistics space, became a whale hunter, started his own business wrote his own book on cold calling, worked as an SDR after doing all of that just to make sure his chops were up to par. And now he's created a product and a company that that really could only be thought of and created by a true sales guy. And so really excited to have Matt on the show today. Matt, thanks so much for coming on.
1: James, thanks for having me. Um, just an excellent explanation of, of, of where I've been and what I've done. And I really appreciate you, uh, you explaining that uh, so perfectly.
0: No. Yeah. I think it's, it's a, it's important because one of the reasons that when we connected, I, I latched on to everything that you kind of put on LinkedIn is it's from the perspective of a true sales practitioner and in the world that we live in with all of the, Noise that goes on with educating and quotation marks salespeople—it's uh, so refreshing to have a point of view from somebody who's who's actually done it in the last five years and has a pulse on on what's actually right. happening—and so. Let's just kind of get right into it. Talk to us about how you got started in sales and, and, and take us on that, that journey that I tried to, to summarize, which was quite hard. Yeah. you done a lot That's of different great. things.
1: So I got my first sales job right out of college, um, like a lot of salespeople, not really, not really understanding what I was getting into. Um, the, the biggest reason that I, I chose sales was I liked the idea of um, having a variable income. Meaning if I worked more, if I put in more, if I did well, um, I could get paid more. And that was, that was really what attracted me to sales. Um, so once I, once I got into it, and like every, I think every new person in sales, you realize, wow, this is, this is really hard. This isn't just, uh, you know, they're not just going to hand over money to you. You've got to work hard, learn what you're doing, and, uh, and get out there and really get into it. Um, so, you know, I had that sort of wake up call, like a lot of people do in sales. Um, and, uh, it, it, it was great though. I mean, that's part of, that's part of life, right? You, you, you think something's one thing and then you go do it and you're like, holy cow, this is really hard, but you know, I stuck with it. I started out in, um, commercial printing sales in Chicago, which was a very mature market, very difficult to sell. Um, I, after a, a year doing that, I moved on to logistics Um, where I really excelled as a salesperson and really learned not just about sales, but about, about business and how, um, what's important to companies and, and and how companies operate. And, uh, once you understand those types of things as a salesperson, it really becomes a lot easier to sell to companies because you know, you know where they want to go, you know, their end game, um, and you really know what, what the decision makers want to hear. So, um, that was really where I excelled. I, I became um, an elephant hunter. I was uh, tasked with selling um, large, multi-million dollar contracts. I was also tasked with um, helping in troublesome large accounts. Um, and that's sort of how I finished my career in logistics before I went off and started my first uh, business and actually back in printing. Um, we did a specialized type of printing. So that was my, that was my journey, in, my, my quick journey in sales. Um, yeah. and, and it led, led me to entrepreneurship. Um, but you know, the reality for any entrepreneur, and, um, I think a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs feel this pain is having the ability to sell, having the knowledge, having the background, having all those things is so important because, um, that's where most people fail. You know, they, it's easy to build technology. It's easy to build a product. It's easy to, you know, fill up a a store with products and stuff. It's harder to sell them. And, And that's, um, you know, For me, growing up in sales, that's always been sort of um, one of my strengths as an entrepreneur is I could always lean on that. Uh, If we didn't have the product right, if we didn't have the service right, um, whatever it was, I I had the ability to find people that we fit well with. So um, that's really helped me in sales. And uh, it's helped me build Subroot, which is really built for salespeople.
0: Yeah, I think... And, and that's obvious. And, and I definitely want to touch on Subroot and what it is and, and, and how it helps sales reps. But so coming out of college, working in a, in a mature kind of crowded industry, and then getting into a role that really allowed you to kind of expand and grow and learn uh, sounds very similar to kind of how I got started when I moved into B2B sales. I, I you know, sold copy paper for a year and a half to automotive dealerships. And then a few roles after that really got exposed to business, right. And learning how to manage sales cycles and, and how to deal with complex uh, sales situations with multiple decision makers. And so that growth, it, do you think that's what led you to, to feeling like you wanted to start your own business or was that starting your own business always kind of something you had in your DNA that you yeah, just that knew was, eventually would happen?
1: Right. It, yeah. That was always part of my, my dad was a, a contractor. So I grew up, you know, in a, in a family business, I always had the, you know, the desire to go off on my own, but you know, the reality is you, you, you have to learn, you know, a lot of stuff before you can take that step. So, Going and working in sales for, you know, five, 10 years is just a huge, huge help um,
0: in, in any endeavor that you're, that you're headed towards. Yeah. Well, that's so interesting, Matt, because it, sound, it sounds like you had it in your DNA to be an entrepreneur. You knew that's what you wanted to do, but, and I don't know, maybe you could shed some light on this. Maybe it was growing up in a in a family-owned business, but I feel like a lot of folks now, I mean, and i I don't want to pick on anybody, but I see a lot of twenty one year olds on LinkedIn that have started their own business after six months of being active on social media at all or yeah. um, and and so what do you think made you realize like, hey, I know I want to do this, and I know I have kind of the raw skills to make it happen, but let me mm-hmm. make sure you know let me take these steps instead of just rushing right into it what do you think? Yeah. You know,
1: that. That's interesting. That's, it's, you know, it's we're in a different time now, James, it's, you know, the, the era of YouTube and YouTube stars and everybody's, yeah. you know, everybody can be anything at any moment. Um, so what, you know, when, when I was growing up, I didn't have, we didn't have YouTube yet. So we didn't ha- I didn't have that option. And I didn't have that sort of perspective that I could become this, you know, giant entrepreneur at 21 or 22. I knew I needed to learn a lot of stuff and, uh, um, man, it, it, even, even the, the eight or nine years I was in, in the business world before I started my business, I mean, I needed to know more, you know, it, it, it's, it's such a, it's such a journey that, um, it being prepared for it is, is, is difficult. It's, it's more, um, reacting once you get into it, you know, it's, it's how you react. It's how you, um, adjust to things and how, and the ideas you come up with, you know, when you're, when you're running a business, a small business or, you literally are saving your company with ideas sometimes, you know, and uh, it's exciting and fun, but it's also, you know, kind of scary too. So it's, it's a lot of those things, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't have that, you know, I didn't have YouTube. I, I didn't have any kind of misconception of how difficult it was. Um, I knew it would be really hard. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I I needed experience.
0: Yeah. I, and that's so interesting to me because it just from your Your story as a whole, it sounds like you always kind of have that mindset of learning and and putting yourself in situations where you're exposed to real world learning because you started your own business after you were successful as a sales rep, started your own business. And then after you weren't owning that business anymore, decided that you were going to go be an SDR so so talk to us about that portion of your your sales career I think that's so interesting
1: yeah and I'll tell you um I spent a year working as an SDR in technology um and it was probably the most important job I've ever had in my life it it literally I I because I spent 10 years running a business before that um I learned so much I was looking you know I was working in an entry-level position but looking at at everything from from a higher level and yeah uh, wow it was intriguing it was um it was an eye opener and uh i learned i learned so much and i'm taking that forward Subroot was was you know conceived while i was working in that job um the book was the most of the content from the book was gathered during that job um so it it just was so important i i you know for me i i you know i've ran a business for 10 years i taking an entry-level sales job for me wasn't a big deal i you know if you if you being in the STR well, I could tell people were automatically looking at me as if as if I was entry level, as if I you know, I got hazed a little bit when I first started. Um it, but it was it was funny to me. You know, it wasn't I didn't take it seriously. I was just there to learn. And man, I learned a lot. It, it's um it's quite an quite an experience. The biggest problem I had was getting the job. You know, when, when you're when you've been when you've been well, in yeah. the business for, for 20 years and you're, you know, I literally had to doctor my resume, you know, I, I, you know I, I couldn't write that I was president of a company for 10 years, no one would hire me, so yeah. um, I doctored my resume a little bit, I got the job, and uh, it was a great
0: experience. It was a really experience. Oh man, that's so interesting to me, not only that you decided to do that, because you knew that it would help you in some of these other endeavors, but the fact that you were committed enough to let's remove some of these accomplishments and, and, and some of this experience yeah. <laughs> to be able to yeah. get into the, the door, I think. And, and I, I can relate some, somewhat because I spent the first seven, eight years of my sales career being a full full cycle salesperson. So running the entire deal and then got into an SDR role. In, in wasn't an entry level salesperson but was in what could be considered an entry level role and it was so interesting to me how valuable my experience was and then at the same time how valuable it was to be humbled a bit by yeah. when you're in, when you're an SDR a BDR you're 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 going to be humbled in yeah. several ways whether it's <laughs> multiple times, multiple
1: company. times a day yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So it, 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 it's a great experience. And so that's where you got the content for the book. You sent me the book. I'm reading the book. I love the book because it's just, I mean, now it makes sense because it's practical. I, I I can almost tell that it's being, it's written by somebody who's doing the actual work, which is rare these days with, with, with sales books, with sales content. So Talk to us about the book. What 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 made you feel a desire to, to, to write a book about cold calling? Kind of how that all happened.
1: Um, well, I, I you know when I took when I took the job at Tech, I was hoping to get content for the book. I didn't really know what type of book I wanted to write. Um, I had been blogging before that, and um, you know I had um, you know some success writing, so I felt like I could I could you know put together a, a pretty good book that people would like to read. Um, so when I was, when I was working in the technology, I think within the first two weeks, I realized I need to write a book about cold calling. This is a hot topic out here right now. Lots of people aren't doing it right. A lot of people are being taught to do it wrong. Um, so, you know, this, this is a really important topic and it's, it's when, when I'm trying to, um, improve in something, it, I want a specific, you know, like skill, you know? So like, if you go read a book just on sales, I mean, that can be very generic, right? So if you, if you read a book on, if you, need, if you need to improve your cold calling and you read a book specifically about cold calling, then that should really help you. And that, that I wanted to really, um, you know, narrow down the topic within sales. Um, and then cold calling was obviously a great topic right now. So in my job, what I was able to do was basically, you know, test. And um because I was cold calling every day as an SDR. Um that was really sort of my test lab for cold calling. Um I had a lot of success with cold calling and logistics. Um, I had been doing it for a long time at a high level, um, calling executives very often and, and, and you know, making that happen. Um now it's a, it's a it's a little different, but it's 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 really pretty much the same. People you know people used to say well nobody picks up the phone and you know no one no one picked up the phone 10 years ago no one picked up the phone 20 years ago they they pick up the phone once in a while and you get your shot and that's where you know you got to you got to um, make it happen right so
0: yeah somebody um, picked up the phone this morning for me it still happens
1: nice you know? nice so um so you know during the during the course i wasn't just evaluating myself either i was very in tune to what other reps around me were doing, um, and you know I could see in the CRM what, what was happening. So I was doing a, basically an analysis of the entire company uh, for cold calling, and to be honest with you, very, very ra- rarely was there a successful cold call within that company. I mean, I was really um, one of the only people making calls where people were actually understanding what our business did after the call. You know, um, a lot of SDRs nowadays are just trying to get that meeting. And yeah. they're, not trying to, they're not trying to pitch. They're not trying to sell and, and, and share the value of their company. Um, so during that, I really, I really dug into that. Um, the particular technology I was selling was really complicated. It was a, a good 10-minute conversation to explain it, um, if you could explain it. So I began you know, just trying to do that on the cold call. And as I got further and further along in the year, I got better and better at it. Um, and I was basically just giving people our demo, you know, yeah. in words, in a co call and what, you know, and why that's so important and sort of falls into the whole subrout thing is if you don't have that conversation right then, you, you may never get it again. That's so so you have, you have that split second to, to make it happen. And, and I think, you know, when you read my book, that's one of the reasons cold calling is so, I think cold calling is so hard. It's, it's a lot of pressure because, as someone who's dialing the phone every day, and you get that chance, and you're just trying to battle through the first uncomfortable, you know, period to get to the point where you're comfortably talking and sharing information that that person wants to hear. Um, so as I, as I, as I dug it, you know, as I, as I went through the year, later in the year, I actually got people saying, "Holy cow, thank you for explaining that to me. I needed to know about that. I didn't know that existed out there." um it's my job to know what's out there and uh so i started getting things like that and i'm like holy cow this is uh this is really interesting
0: well because that is so far from what happens when you do a cold call bad right when when a cold call go, goes bad it's the exact opposite reaction never never call me again hang up you know get out of my face yeah. Yeah. and i think the point you made so there are a few things that i want to touch on so you know the point you made about sdrs meeting hunting essentially without really trying to even qualify somebody or afraid to disqualify somebody or afraid to have a sales conversation do you and 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 kind of inversely your willingness to do those things do you think that has to do with a lot of those sdrs never running a full sales cycle like just not having the experience because i feel a little bit like you did when i hear other sdrs that just are meeting hunting and just kind of trying not not really trying to break through the surface because they a don't feel prepared b don't have the right information don't know the persona the myriad of reasons why you feel nervous and and don't want to dig deeper but for me being a full cycle sales rep for the first seven years of my career, I want to get that deep because I know that's where the magic is. And I'm not necessarily afraid to go that deep. And if I feel like I don't want to, I go seek the information to make myself comfortable enough. And it sounds like that's what you were doing. Constantly refining, arming yourself with the information, figuring out a better way to explain what you guys did Yep. And so do you think it has something to do with that? The, the, the lack of full cycle sales experience?
1: Um, I, you know, I think that could be part of it. I, I, have, a, I have a different theory and, and I experienced this myself. Part, part of the reason I think SDRs out there, especially in technology, people that are selling um, really technical things, um, have t- trouble over the phone is that they don't even really understand what they're selling. So, And, it, and it's not their fault a lot of times. It's, it's mm. just not being taught to them effectively. The um, I know in my personal experience um, I didn't understand the value of the technology that I was selling for about six months into the job mm. and it, it was never taught to me. I, I, I sought it. I found out, I asked a lot of questions and I, you know, I write this in my book. Um, the best sales rep in the company is your best resource for information. And if you can establish a relationship with that person um, and, and, and ask them questions, you're going to learn so much faster. And, and that's what I did. I actually sat next to the company's best sales rep. And I just listened to him. I asked him a couple questions every day without trying to bother him. Um, and I learned I learned the value from him and solely from him. And then once I understood the value, which was just sort of this complex maze, I was like, okay, I get this now. Now I, I, I need to figure out a way to explain this to, to other people.
0: What you bring up is so powerful because when you are an SDR and the solution you're selling is complicated it's and from my experience when you get a explanation of the product or the service that the management team thinks is distilled it's not distilled the way that it needs to be for a salesperson on a cold call yeah. and so there may be a value proposition or there may be features and benefits that have been highlighted and put into the sales training for you but To your point, it's the top performer who's spent that six months or 12 months figuring all of it out and that has that that right combination of words that work for a salesperson on a cold call as opposed to – I mean, that's what we're dealing with right now at at my company. We're trying to figure that out. We're getting the information from the people who are building the product and then trying to distill it down into something that's actually going to be useful and powerful for us. So I think what a great shortcut. Find the guy who's already figured all of that out yeah. And, yeah. And, and, you know, learn from him. So I think that's such great information for, for really any salesperson, SDR, account executive, whatever it is, brand new in your role, 10 years in your role, whoever's number one, go sit next to him. Yeah, I love
1: it. It's not, it's not that complicated and it's, it's asking questions too. It's asking a lot of questions, asking, asking good questions. You know, I, one of the things I, I saw around a lot of young salespeople is they didn't really want to ask questions and that's, that that's tough because you're, you're not going to learn unless you ask questions. I mean, what, what's being explained to people, doesn't always register, right? So, yeah. um, clarification is really important in, in this whole game, um, so, you know, to touch on your to the whole value thing, I think um, the value of, of, you know, a business or whatever whatever it is, you can always find that out, too, from your customers. What, 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 what is it about us that, that, you know, makes you continue to use us? What are those things? And um, what I found in technology uh, is that, you know, like you said, the, the, the features, the things that they're bringing out now, um, those aren't the value the the things that the CEO is talking about, that's not why your customers use you right now. He's talking about the things that are coming yeah. or she's talking about the things that are coming. So, you know, those, those types of, um, as sales, young salespeople, you, you join a company and you keep hearing the CEO say this and you're like, and then you go, you know, talk about yep. it on the phone. And the person's like, I don't care about that at all. You know? So, um, yeah. the, you know, you, th- those are, those are sort of, I guess, organizational problems that are going on in the world right now because um, the CEO should be um, very in tune to the value of this technology, you know, to the technology, um, or she should not, you, you know, she, she should be talking about the future, but it's, it's, it's those things that are important to your clients that you want to teach your salespeople to sell with, right? So that's a really confusing thing right now going on right now is um, it's, it, it, it's not always clear to people what, what they're selling.
0: Well, and I think it's been like that for a long time. It will probably continue to be like that where there's some gap in in information and how things are communicated. And that's why I think it's so great that people like you are writing books and creating content because now let's say there's a SDR that's six months into his role at a tech companies selling something super complicated he doesn't understand his company is talking on this high level and he's trying to make that work on the phone and he's not getting the support that he needs necessarily internally which just is kind of a harsh reality for a lot of salespeople. people yes. there's resources that they can use to kind of help cut through some of that that yeah. noise and frustration and and so that kind of leads me to your, your latest project, which I think is a huge enabler and, and goes towards your point of, of completely taking, uh, taking advantage of a moment that you get when you get that person on the phone. And so tell us about Subroot. Talk to us about yeah, what sub-
1: it is. Great. Subroot is a, uh, it's a communication tool. It's designed to help salespeople during phone conversations. Um, not just salespeople, customer service people or anybody Um, it allows you to easily take someone to a web address and then um, gives you the ability to do a few different things Um, one of the things it allows you to do is open up a screen sharing environment to show them whatever that you want to show them so um, that was sort of the premise of the tool but it also um, is a scheduler it's a communication tool and it's a video portal Um, it also um, displays links for your website and it you can link your social media stuff to the, to, to the subdomain as well. So um, the concept is built off of a subdomain. And it's, it's sort of one of these things. This was the company that I worked for actually created subdomain. So that was interesting um, that I was in that environment. But mm-hmm. um, what Subroot is, is, is um, introducing is called the personal subdomain. It allows you to connect your name and your company name to, to, to one web address um, to get people to easily go to it. So the exchange is really easy, um, and uh, and then what you can do after that is, is, uh, is a really nice tool to have for a salesperson.
0: Yeah, I think when I took a look at it, it, it immediately, like, okay, so I knew that we were talking today, so I, I was thinking about Subroot, and then this morning I got somebody on the phone, and there were a few things, because of what I sell and, and the services I sell aren't easy to explain all the time especially to a particular persona and so there are a few things that I wish I could have just visually shown that person and walked them through uh just a few points and just to keep them engaged on the phone because they were giving me time that was the thing that made me think of it they they, they were giving me the time of day and I was like oh I wish I had more right now.
1: What you just, what you just said is, is the, the, what I felt for probably six months. And, yeah. and that's why the idea sort of popped in my head one day. Yeah. For me, it start it starts with the easy exchange though. I mean, if you're trying to give someone a web address with a different brand name or a backslash or all these other things um, that, that starts, that, that kind of complicates it right from the beginning. So um, the subdomain is so it's really easy to ex- exchange and, Sort of digging into it, I've been using mine for the last three months now. I've kind of realized that it's it's easy to exchange, not just because there's not a backslash or anything like that. It's because the information is already they already have it. They already know your name. They already know your company. So it's just a really easy, and then they're in there. Um, so once they go to the subdomain, you can see them. You can see them on the subdomain, and you can engage them um, with a the screen sharing screen. Um, and there's going to be other tools that 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 move forward. So we're going to, um, do some things with the video. There's going to be some other things that you can do to engage the, the, the prospect or, or customer. But then once, once they've been there, they now have the ability to go back there and schedule a meeting with you through your scheduler if they ever need to do that. But it also has a communication tool. It allows you to send an email to, to the rep. Um, just real quick, one click email, or you can also send files. So if you're sending a lot of files to if you're, if you're a sales rep getting a lot of files from your customers, it's also a great tool. It's just the one, they just hover over the top and boom, it goes right to the reps of the email. So when, when I came up with this tool, I wasn't just thinking about the salesperson. As, as someone who's ran a business for 10 years, I was also a buyer, right? So um, I was also thinking about, you know, from the purchasing angle, um, what this would you know, mean for the, the person on the other side. So one of the things I always ran into as, as a purchaser is anytime I had a problem, I wanted a resolution immediately, right? Um, scheduling a meeting—that's that, sort of a resolution, right? So you've got a meeting on the books. I went to—you know—I go to a subdomain, I schedule a meeting. We're on the books. We're going to talk about this, and now I feel better about it instantly, right? As a customer for this for this uh, you know, this company. Um, so that was those are where some of those other tools sort sort of came to light. Um, and it—you know—I've been using mine for three months now, and it's exciting. And I'm trying to—you know—get promote it and get people to see it um, and just see uh, you know the benefits of it.
0: Yeah. I think what a great tool, because I think about, so I was in uh, recruiting for a brief 10 months, uh, recruiting doctors and a lot of the communication was them sending certifications and sending, you know, all of these uh, documents and the process of getting them to do that was like the biggest bottleneck in our sales cycle. And so you know, empowering, like, make it as easy as possible for you to engage. And yeah, I was, was really like, I just, I smiled when I saw it, when I opened it and started messing around with it because it's like, yeah, yep. I, I knew Matt got it and I know Matt gets it, but he's building a product that, that really kind of services taking the most uh, making the most out of a moment that you might not get again. Yeah.
1: It's not just, it's not just prospects either. I mean, I noticed when I was working technology, people would, you know, be talking to each other, coworkers, and then they would go off and, you know, schedule a a conference and just, you know, get on and and do it right. You know, there's there's an easier way to do this. And so that was one of the other things that I I would say is like, we can create this interaction really easily um, just with a a few tweaks.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, Matt, I really appreciate you taking the time to come speak with us today. You, you've shared so many great tips. I think one of the things that I have pulled out of this is your constant desire to learn and optimize, really, is something that I think is beneficial for anybody in business, but especially for a salesperson and especially for an SDR, because if you're not learning, you're not going to be moving as fast as you need to move to be successful. And I think that, that from, from your story, your willingness to put yourself in positions where you can truly learn something, I think has been a really big key to the success you've had.
1: I I completely agree with you, James. It's um, it's learning out there is, is so important. And I think one of the, one of the things that's being lost is, is learning from people, you know, learn from the people that have been through this before. It's, it's questions, you know, and I don't know, I don't know what it is, but, um, my, over the course of the last few years, I've seen young people that just didn't want to learn from, from the older people. And it's, it's, it's a shame, you know, when I, when I was a young sales rep, I remember I would go into the office of some of the older successful guys, like at four o'clock and I just started asking them questions, you know, Hey, (laughs) what, how do I do this? How do I do this? And, um, all those things for me over the course of my career, have added up and to, you know, I feel like they have a really strong knowledge base of business and sales and, and things like that. So yeah, you, your, your ability to um, learn is going to directly impact your success.
0: Yeah. And I think your ability and desire to, because to your point, yeah, it's yeah, there, yeah. right? It's there for you. You have to realize that because for me, I wasn't that, It wasn't too many years ago where I remember feeling apprehensive about asking questions to somebody else about something that I wasn't sure about how to do. And there's pride involved, and there's lots of silly things that go on. And then you eventually realize you're actually putting yourself in a more powerful position by asking those questions. The person that you're asking is going to look at you differently because they're going to know you're on that quest for knowledge. I think that's a big deal that people don't realize. Yeah. When somebody starts asking me lots of questions, I immediately level them up in my mind as far as where they sit on, you know, the intelligence meter. The more questions somebody asks, the smarter I know they are because they're, they're yeah. trying to dig through and get to that valuable stuff. So, so many great points here, Matt. And, and the last question that I have to ask you, it's the same question that I ask everybody that comes on the Lunch Break podcast. What's your favorite spot to eat lunch at?
1: My favorite spot to eat lunch. Holy cow. I didn't know that question was coming, but I totally forgot, Jake. I'll <laughs> tell you what. <laughs> this is good. This is good. This is on uh, the spot. Yes. You know, right now I'm in, I'm in um, South Texas, uh, McAllen, McAllen area, Texas, but I used to live in San Antonio and there's this place called Paisanos and they have um, a manicotti that is the best lunch you could ever get.
0: Mm. That would not have been the style of cuisine that i would have guessed for texas i would have thought maybe a good you know um mexican place but i love it that you find the greatest manicotti ever down in texas i love it I well matt James, they, what's your favorite what's your
1: favorite lunch spot
0: you know i have a few so my favorite places are like the traditional like Quiznos. I love Quiznos. I could eat lunch at Quiznos every single day. But it's funny because here everybody's super healthy. And so we get these super healthy uh, lunches every day. And it's kind oh of no. a running joke in the office that James is never satisfied because it's not a Quiznos sandwich or, you know, Subway. You know, I have a much lower threshold of of, of uh, food quality, I guess, compared to some other people. So, yeah, I, I, I think I'd have to say Quiznos. Yes. And that's the first time anybody's ever asked me that. I'll be interested to see if it changes, uh, if anybody asks us that same question in a couple of episodes. We'll see. I will include all of the links to everything that you're involved with when we publish the show. But but really, uh, you know, if you're on LinkedIn, I would suggest reaching out and connecting with Matt. He's He's been somebody that I constantly gain value from just by, by following them on LinkedIn at the very, very least. So thanks again for coming on Matt. And with that, I'm going to wrap up episode seven of the lunch break podcast. Talk to you guys soon.